This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Mentor, I'm Mark Boris. Now, growing your business online starts and ends with an effective digital marketing strategy. That makes sense. Relying on organic growth is tempting. It doesn't cost anything, but it's just not going to get you very far. If you want results, you've got to invest in a good digital marketing strategy. End of story. Now, Dave Fogarty is the founder and CEO of Davy Group, a company he founded in 2018, which sells 10 consumer brands, including the Woody, Calming Blankets, and Pup Naps. The Udi is his most successful product and has clocked $200 million in revenue. It's a product that has incredible reach across Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. At 26, Dave is self-taught in digital marketing, and he can direct a large portion of his success to his e-commerce formula. He knows how to play to the digital media market and leverage it to turn clicks, views, and likes into dollars. Essentially, he's created his own flywheel, and it's something you can integrate into your own business. You're also going to hear from Davey how you can apply a simple digital strategy right after listening to this episode. And when you've heard it, I want you to share it with me on one of my socials. So let's get into it. Davey Fogarty, welcome to The Mentor. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. I know you've got a hoodie right on there. Is that sort of part of the branding or uh, that's just what the fuck you feel like putting on this morning in Adelaide? Yeah, this is this is just uh, freezing cold Adelaide for you. I mean, it's amazing. You're quite a, you know, not quite a young guy. It's all relative, I guess. You're not young compared to a 16-year-old, but relative to me, your your and or your success is, uh, you know, ridiculously good. Um, you're in your mid-20s. Um, what I want to get out of you today anyway is, you know, what should people be doing in relation to digitization of their business and making their business more successful using digital strategies. But before we get into that, I'll just park that for the moment. I guess what I want to find out is how the hell you got into, this, into digital businesses anyway, you know, what uh, pushed you into that territory, particularly at such a young age. I guess when I was really young, I just realized that, I didn't want to get into the rat race and I needed freedom um, and I decided that I'm going to work really, really hard until I can achieve that and that kind of threw me in a million directions. Um, you know, I, I dropped out of university, I um, launched a Vietnamese roll shop, I just kind of started every single business that I could possibly do. Um, all of them, you know, failed uh, because I just really wasn't ready or dedicated to, to learning enough. And then I actually started growth hacking Instagrams. Um, what I mean by that is using just kind of techniques, using other pages and whatnot to grow a large following. And then I would sell that 
you know, those impressions to brands um, in, in forms of advertising. So I ended up, you know, selling a lot of those Instagrams um, and a lot of those businesses were actually e-commerce businesses. So I kind of got thrown into the industry that way. Then I went ahead and, you know, kind of just learned every single element of e-commerce. So I learned the videography, the Facebook ads, how to build a website, um, the copywriting, just all of the components, the fundamentals, which kind of allowed me to basically, I, I did sort of a one-man agency where I was helping local businesses grow their um, grow their socials and, and sell product. And then I, yeah, went and started Calming Blankets and the Udi, um, two, two large Australian e-commerce brands, um, stopped working for other people and, yeah, just started building out teams and, and more e-commerce brands. I'm always intrigued with uh, the word growth and I'm always intrigued with the word hacking. It's got a, like a lot of meanings. Um, what do you mean by what well, what is growth hacking like just tell us about that Gro- growth hacking yeah it's probably just a fancy term it's trying to make it sound more impressive than it actually is it's just building systems and processes to create growth um sustainable growth so that that can kind of and i think a lot of people would have different meanings but yeah it's just um you know one for example is you know we used a shout for shout method so you would have two instagram pages with similar following and engagement they would then post you, you would post them and you would mutually grow. Um, and then, it, it, you know, a lot of those techniques, they end up fatiguing and not working anymore due to algorithm changes. But, you know, growth hacking is still alive and well. There's every single platform has kind of an organic growth method um, that you could can kind of hack and take advantage of and build an audience. It takes a sort of an element of me. In your case, you sort of decided you're going to have a crack at this. Um um, after some failed businesses, but um, and then you said earlier that you went and learned everything about this sort of stuff. Um, how do you learn this shit? Like, you know, do you get on YouTube? And what were you doing? I think throwing it way back, you know, I learned that just by looking at my peers and just figuring stuff out, asking people, and and just mimicking people. Um, nowadays, with e-commerce, if you're looking to learn it, there is a, a ton of resources. It's becoming less of a kind of mystery um, game. There's so many YouTubes out there that are kind of demystifying it. Um, there's a lot of kind of communities as well that you can um, chat to. There's a lot of really, really good podcasts around e-commerce and the, the fundamentals. Um, and then there's just basic marketing books that kind of um, teach you those fundamentals as well, put them all together. You know, I think, um, you know, if, if you're an absolute beginner, maybe starting out, I would probably suggest looking at YouTube first, looking at, you know, how to do drop shipping, how to set up a Shopify store, those kind of basic tutorials, they'll give you the, the, first, um, the first steps to get started with. They, they tell you how to sort of execute on your product. And I guess you've got to get a product first, but um, in terms of Shopify, et cetera. But you've got to have an audience um, and, and, you know, to, to a large extent, digital marketing or, or digital retail is about your audience. I mean, you don't, it's not as if you've got like a, a shop in the middle of um, David Jones or something and you've got traffic, physical traffic. You've got to build your own traffic, and the audience part is really, really important. Um, and you now everyone keeps talking about marketing, and but marketing basically is building an audience, and then then working how to sell the message to the audience, and making sure then you've got a message to start with, which is around your product. But let's just in terms of audience. So, how did you learn about how to build an audience? I mean, like you obviously built audiences because uh, otherwise you've got no one to sell to, and no and 
you know, what was the process? And what would you say today? I mean, because everybody's trying to build an audience. We're all trying to fight for the same numbers. Definitely. I think the we, we've never been in a better time to build an audience in that we've got digital platforms. These digital platforms are incredibly scalable. They're incredibly measurable. Um, and we can basically reach, you know, half of Australia, almost all of Australia. So it's, it's, it's really, um, it's a really great time to try to do paid advertising. Back in the day, you know, organic reach was really, really powerful, but the platforms are obviously taking away that organic reach so that they can make more money. So you're kind of fighting a losing, losing game there. Um, so learning how to run Facebook ads, uh, we're getting great success with TikTok ads as well. That's a new platform coming in. Google is also very, very strong. Um, and, you know, if you really know how to create content, you can do YouTube as well. So, yeah, just building um, building sustainable processes and systems of content creation and then buying media on those platforms is really, really powerful and that's how we've built our businesses. So, I mean, I think what you're saying, Davey, uh, and we'll get on to your, what your business in a second, but what you're saying is, and correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, because, I mean, I see you as an expert in the business. Um, normally I deal with the experts I deal with, you know, got a lawyers or, you know, fucking accountants or I shouldn't say that my son's one of those. Uh, here I am talking to a 26-year-old, um, but you're an expert because you've, you've actually done it. And I think what you're saying to me, as I said, correct me if I'm wrong, is no point trying to – well, there is a point, but it's not as easy to build an organic audience today as it was maybe five, ten years ago what you're better off doing is actually paying the organizations who control the platforms to use the audience that they can go and select for you once you profile who your customer is. So in, in other words, instead of trying to push against the algorithm, which is actually trying to push the audience towards the platform, you're better off going to the platform and saying, look, find me um, you know, 10,000 uh, Davies and tell me how much it's going to cost me to send out a message to all, all of the Davies in Australia. Yeah, basically, I think there's a time and a place for both organic and paid social. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to your skill set. So if you're incredible at creating content, you know, TikTok is incredibly powerful at the moment. And you can build a huge community behind it. You know, if you are good at YouTube, um, you're going to get paid to produce that content and you're also going to be able to build a community that way. The reason why, you know, probably most of your listeners, they might be small businesses or, you know, even larger businesses, paid social is will help you sleep at night and it will also create a more sustainable growth engine. Um, so you can really measure the success. You have a lot of control over it. Um, so, yeah, that's why I always recommend paid and I think paid will get stronger and organic reach will always get um yeah, get get stripped, and you don't really control it as much, in my opinion. You you mentioned TikTok and YouTube, which is you know prior to all this, it was Facebook and Google, and Google still, but Facebook and Google and maybe Instagram. But um, now you're talking about TikTok, which to a lot of people, you know, over the age of thirty, TikTok sort of doesn't exist. I mean, um, probably in about three or four years, TikTok won't even. You know, that, that'll be considered old-fashioned as well. And who knows what's going to replace it? Well, you probably know what's going to replace it, but I don't. Um, and uh, But YouTube and TikTok haven't been quite the same territory as Facebook and Google. Um, are you are you telling us that there's a swing towards those, those first two, the former, TikTok and um, YouTube now, a lot more strength in their paid 
whenever a new platform kind of catches on, um, there's always, they, they do the same thing. They don't monetize the feed as much as they inspire people to produce organic content. So they reward that with followers and reach. So more content adds more users and then they can start monetizing and they inject more ads, which makes the, the organic impressions come down. So I think that that's why TikTok's so appealing right now. You know, people can get 3 million followers in a week or something like that. So it's really, really strong. What we did with my personal brand is we saw that opportunity and, you know, I had no personal brand prior to, to um, TikTok. I, I decided to leverage the platform to push people to YouTube and build a YouTube subscriber base, which is far more valuable um, in terms of, you know, subscriber versus followers. Um, and you can also get paid to create content there, which is obviously um, subsidizes your costs. And then we've um, managed to, you know, invest more into content that way. So really leveraging the platform that's getting the most organic impressions to push to a more sustainable platform was was our tactic. That's really sort of interesting. You're, you're sort of what you're doing is you're, um, you know, like we do this, I, I've been doing this, we do this in markets all the time, arbitrage the market. So you're, you're what they call arbing the market, what it means, what I mean by that is at least that, You've worked out that um, TikTok needs to build its audience, so it's going to use users to build their audiences, so they can build an audience. That's that's the sort of the business model. They, which is exactly what Instagram's done and Facebook did originally, etc. Um, they use users by giving users like free use of um, something that's cool that will attract audiences for the user. Um, and then, of course, that's building the audience for the platform owner, which is in the, in the case of TikTok, for example. And then TikTok goes, okay, now it's time for us to commercialize it. We're going to monetize it. Um, but they're not going to do it until they get to a point where it's big enough to make enough money out of it. They, they've got to sit there and always think to themselves, oh, are, we, are we big enough? Now we'll turn, the, we'll turn it on. At which point the algorithm starts to change in favor of the commercialization or the monetization for TikTok and the algorithm starts to work against the organic build for the user. I know it sounds a bit scientific, but am I being am I correct here? Like the arbitrage process, am, am I am, is that right? Yeah, that's 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 right. So TikTok, um, you know, there's also the other element that more creators come onto the platform. Um, so there's a lot more content coming on. So impressions, you know, become harder to find. Um, TikTok successfully, you know, their ads manager is is quite effective. We're getting some good return on ad spend. There, so they are doing that process, um, and yeah, that was the exact model that that Facebook and and Google and Instagram did. Would you say, Davy, that once uh, TikTok gets to the point that, uh, say, Facebook is now, or, or starts to approach that point, um, and, and mathematically tending towards, um, that you would expect to see a new platform? Look, honestly, I I wouldn't be able to predict that. I think, um, yeah, there's. VR and AR um, would probably, you know, people have been saying that that forever, that the next platform will be um, virtual reality. The chances are with Oculus that Facebook would be the one to own that. Um, so, you know, I, I probably, I'm not definitely not an expert in that area, but I think everyone kind of um, after Vines got shut down kind of wrote off that there could be a similar platform to YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and, you know, TikTok was just that. It came in and the algorithm was so good, the execution was so good and pretty sure it's backed by the Chinese government. Um, they absolutely took off 
it was so addictive and now they've surpassed YouTube in, in watch time, I believe. I, I think I read that just the other day. So they are, um, yeah, doing some some incredible work. A lot of people kind of said that TikTok wouldn't take off because it's so hard to create video content. And that was the only content that they were serving. And little to people, you know, people probably underappreciated that people are willing to go to that effort to get those impressions and um, get that attention and get those followers because it's just good business. And yeah, it's just a really addictive platform, I think. When it started off anyway, it was more younger people because it was a bit silly, like originally. I mean, it was sort of funny and, you know, I mean, I looked at it a few times and now now, now um, Instagram does it with Reels, same deal. And it is sort of a bit addictive. Um, you can, it's, it's, to be honest, it's easily time wasting. Um you can waste a lot of fucking time looking at this shit, um, especially some of the stuff that I look at. But how important is it for us to understand these things in terms of understanding trends? Because you obviously taught, you're self-taught. So, and like to be good at business, um, you've got to understand this shit um, and or, you, or you've got to find somebody who does understand it really well, which the hard part of find, is finding someone who understands it really well. They're, like there's a million agencies out there trying to tell you that they understand all this stuff really well, digital agencies. And they would have one tenth of the knowledge that you have. And even if you do go to them, you look at someone. Maybe the guy owns the, the guy or the girl owns the business might understand it, but the people below them don't really understand it like you do. When did you realize that learning this stuff is critical to being successful in relation to a business like Udi? Mm. Yeah, I think learning was the the turning point, um, the inflection point of my life. You know, I kind of it's it's just my personality trait to just jump into things and not not think too much you know that's been to my detriment uh, multiple times and you know the prime example is me starting six businesses before I started Woody and Calming Blankets um and then I just yeah just learned everything uh, and I'm continuing to learn you know I like to to say like I still know nothing in this industry because um there's there's so much to learn and and that's I think that that's the overwhelming thing for a lot of people that look at this kind of stuff they they either see their kids on it on the apps and they know more and it's kind of just like what do I actually need to know to to utilize digital platforms and the truth is like uh, most of the the platforms will work in some some kind of way. You just need to find, you know, stick with that. It's like everything. It's like focus and like tinkering. And and then once you find that that growth hack or that um, sustainable, you know, flywheel that you can then utilize uh, with that platform, such as you know, it could just be content creation, and then you put it onto Facebook Ads Manager. You push it to a landing page. That landing page creates an uh, gets your email and then you call that lead or something like that. It, and, and then you just repeat and you, and you just tinker with that. You don't then go, okay, now I need to do TikTok. Now I need to create an organic YouTube. It's like, that's just becoming distractions. Um, so, you know, people kind of, uh, a lot of people might look at like what we have where we've got 10 brands, we've got every single kind of channel utilized. It's just like, that's just not necessary to get started. So focus on your learning, focus on learning the fundamentals, which as I mentioned before is website development. Um, that's not difficult anymore. Uh, Shopify, uh, Webflow, all of these things are so easy. Um, copywriting, you know, learning persuasive copywriting is incredibly important. Media buying on Facebook and then finally content creation. They're the kind of pillars. So, you know, you, at least learning the basics of those will then allow you to realize your agency is full of shit. 
hundred percent. A lot of a lot of them are. Um, you know, I have some mixed mixed feelings with about agencies. I've had some very very good ones, but honestly, they were basically just employees. Like they were full time with us, and and they cared about the business just as much as I did. So, yeah, I think um, yeah, I think that that's why you know you as a founder. You know, you you learn you learn finance to make sure that your business isn't going to go under. Um, so why aren't you learning? You know, at least the fundamentals of marketing so that your business doesn't go under and you have more control. Yeah, I often say like if you want to open up a restaurant, the biggest risk you have is the chef. You don't have to be a chef, but you have to be able to at least cook the menu. Um, otherwise, if the chef leaves, you're fucked. Um, or if the chef asks for more money, you know he's going to get it, which reduces your margin. Or if the chef's sick, you're you're done, you're dust. And you therefore must don't open a restaurant if you unless you know how to cook the menu. I once had a conversation with Neil Perry about this and uh Matt Moran as well, um, who like who are two Sydney famous Sydney chefs. How can I get more out of the carrot that I buy for a dollar? But how do I pick the right carrot that allows me to get um and cut that carrot, it allows me to get the most out of that particular carrot for that particular meal because it all comes down to inches. Everything's about, it's a game of inches. And unless you're the owner, you know about that, then you're in trouble because you might get the world's best chef, but he might be a wasteful person and he might not give a shit about how much he buys a carrot for um, or just doesn't know. Um, His only interest in being creative. (laughs) And this is a problem that a lot of people who try to get into or try to use digital digital means to run their businesses and they employ a digital agency, the agencies, it's, it's not you. You're not, they're not thinking the same way as you do. It's all right to use an agency, but at least know as much or quite, try and learn as much about the digital environment which you're handing over to them as they do. I think today digital marketing and understanding the digital world has become such a fundamental part of survival. I mean, you might even be able to go to a restaurant soon unless you understand Digital and I, what I mean by that is, you, you know, knowing my way around digital is becoming such an important item in the way we live, let alone run your business. And someone like you, you and your generation in particular, are showing my generation up and the generations between you and me. Believe it or not, there's another generation between us um, that uh, we have a lot of learning to do, irrespective of all the learning we've done, and we shouldn't resist it. Because this is a non-negotiable, as far as I'm concerned. It's the and you, you, Davy, you'll find in 20 years' time, there's there's a shitload more stuff that you need to learn because it's going to change completely. And uh, are you prepared to keep up with it? Yeah, most definitely. I think um, you know I'm I'm still learning a, a lot. You know, marketing is my strength. So what is that? That generally means that you know operations and finances could be my weakness, especially if I'm a creative person. So, you know, I, I think that the amount that I'm learning, you know, trying to look at the capital raise process and, um, you know, potentially doing an IPO, like all of those things, structuring the business, they're, they're just absolute massive learning curves for me. Um, so I think, I think when there's a new kind of uh, technology such as either social media or blockchain or anything like that, there's going to be a huge asymmetry in the reward process for the people that are willing to learn it. And, you know, the younger people are, are just gravitating towards that technology. Um, and it's, it's just, yeah, they're, they're adopting the, the technology quicker. So I think that that's, you know, that's, that, I think that's just going to continue as well. The, there's 
you know, younger people than me that are doing doing things with NFTs and stuff like that that I don't actually understand yet and I don't actually have time to to research. I would love to look into it, but, you know, you've got your other business to, to look into. So, again, it's about trying to stay focused. What's the mission? What do you actually need to know? Um, and right now it's it's ops and finance for me that I'm focusing on. Mate, if you want to learn about NFTs, listen to my last podcast because I interviewed someone about NFTs last week. Let's go to the break. We've got to talk to our sponsors as usual and we'll come straight back. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, we're back from the break. I'm here talking about what I consider to be a masterful digital success coming out of Adelaide. Um, I'm here talking about the the Davey group um, and uh, Davey and his brother um, have set up a business called, well, one of their products, I should say, within their business group, their, their digital marketing group is a business called Woody. What was it that got you inspired? The Woody is a giant wearable blanket. Um, it has a really soft fleece on the outside and then Sherpa fleece, which is, kind of like a fake sheep wool in, in the internal. So it's super soft. It's super convenient, obviously wearable blankets. They can be quite quite frustrating and you can't really move around. Ours is more shaped like a hoodie. It goes down past the knees or around the knees um, and a giant pocket for, for your snacks as well. So one of Australia's top fastest growing e-commerce businesses, we sell globally. I think, you know, we... At the Davy Group, kind of our whole kind of unique approach is around product development in that we are addicted to and, and really focused on launching new products. So one typical kind of process that e-commerce brands will take is they have this, this product and they launch it and it goes well, it finds product market fit, and then they, you know, constantly kind of just iterate very closely to that product rather than creating new products that people really care about. So it's we use a variety of softwares to find trends and then use our product team to launch lots of products. We have a rapid product validation process which reduces the risk of launching those products. 
So what we'll actually do is we'll test our ideas on the digital mediums that we're planning to market with, which is mainly Facebook at this point. We'll understand what the, the customer acquisition costs around scaling that product and then we will go ahead and develop it so um, to the to the full degree that is so we're kind of using like an MVP model um, you know just trying to trying to understand more about it so that's kind of been with us since since the get-go and and that comes down from my um, tolerance of risk I just hate risk and you know all of those failed businesses that I had I was just like okay there's got to be a better way what actually inspired you like I mean did you see a Mexican walking around with, a, with one of those blankets on or what we're like like fuck me i've seen one maybe 25 years ago when i was out surfing or something some i remember what i 45 years ago when i was out surfing or maybe even longer where i saw a guy get out of the surf with one once and put put one on it was freezing cold and uh, i asked him where he, he said he bought he bought it when he went surfing in mexico so like <laughs> where'd you see this fucking thing like how'd you work this shit out we're doing calming blankets first, so weighted blankets. And then we were like, okay, we need a new product. It's like wearable blankets. They're a huge trend right now. And we just kind of um, took it took it from there. You say that as second nature, but how do you know something is a huge trend? I mean, most people don't know what is a huge trend. So I don't know. I didn't know that the the uh, weighted, the uh, weighted blanket, I didn't know the you know the wearable blanket that you, you guys produce, um, the Udi was a huge trend either. So how did you know it was a huge trend? What are you following to tell you what the trends are? Because there's people that are going, oh, shit, I want to get a product. How did you find out this is a trend? The truth is I don't know what a trend is. I just can I take so many shots at it that, um, you know, some of them hit. So it's about minimizing that downside and then, um, you know, capitalizing on the, the winners, um, same, same as kind of investing. So, yeah, that that – I, I've had plenty of failed trends. Um, I just keep those costs down. But in terms of finding, you know, a product, my advice would be there's a lot of, um, you know, you've got to start by watching, again, YouTube videos, you know, how to source products on Alibaba, um, which is the Chinese um, wholesaler. Yep. That you can yep. find anything there. Or, um, you know, how to drop ship. Or, I've never done drop shipping, but drop shipping is a great w- way to get into the industry. So, you can do how to drop ship on from AliExpress. And what that is, is where the factory in China will fulfill the order for you. Not a sustainable way to make a really great brand, but you can start testing trends that way. Then there's a ton of newsletters and stuff out there like Trend Hunter um, and uh, Trends.co. They're all great resources to start understanding how these things work. Um, and then there's also just paying attention to what's currently you know, happening in your life. You know, is there any pain points that you can solve? I think that that's a really, really big one as well. Did the weighted blanket solve a pain point in your life? Because, I mean, as I understand it, the weight of the blanket helps you reduce anxiety or something like that and helps you sleep better. I mean, is that well, – I might be talking out my ass, but is that correct? No, that that's 100% correct. It really did help me sleep better dealing with the stresses. I'm much less of a stressful person, to be honest now, just through personal development, but – Back then, I most definitely, definitely needed it. Um, I also saw how it could help with sensory issues um, with people. So I just thought that this 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 product is it's a holistic solution to such a wide array of serious problems, frustrating problems. So they're pretty heavy. I understand. They're they're pretty heavy. They can go from six to like fifteen kilos. Um, so uh, four, we've got some four kilo ones as well. Um, they use um, non-toxic glass beads to 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 weigh them down. Um, so it's kind of like sand. It's pretty, pretty small beads. 
um, because that, that creates like an evenly distributed weight across, across the body. Some people literally can't sleep with, without a weighted blanket now. It's, it's so, so, so effective. How important is the um, exotic nature of these products help you in terms of, A, your messaging, because, um, you know, you've got exotic messages and your messaging is sort of semi-exciting to someone who hasn't heard one of these things before. How important is that to you in your digital marketing program, you know, like in terms of your, your content? It's, it's everything. It's, um, yep. it's yep. the reason why, why a lot of people struggle with digital marketing because they don't have a differentiated product. They're trying to sell a commoditized product that's available down the street in the supermarket for a quarter of the price. And if you don't have a differentiated product, Facebook doesn't know what to do. It, it doesn't have a pocket that it can serve to. You're not solving a problem that, uh, for anyone. Um, and you know, the, the early adapters of that technology will generally already have the solution. Why do they need to buy it again? Um, and why would they buy it again from you? So this is all about, you know, um, you, know you can, you can ch- trace this back down to the restaurant example that you had before. And it's kind of like, what is that differentiated product that you can then u- use on social media to, um, you know, turn heads and build an audience? And, um, yeah, it, you know, the Udi the is differentiated through its um, unique designs. You know, we've created those designs. They reconcile with a certain uh, customer demographic. We just launched a I Love Plants Woody where, um, you know, girls watering lots of plants, you know, instantly you know that person in your life that's just got 50 plants in their room. So, um, you know, they get that person get, then gets tagged in the social media posts and it, and it grows from there. So, yeah, it, it really is everything. It is crazy to think that you can go, go off. It's critical. I should say that. And it's also crazy to think that I'm going to go on the internet, I'm going to use digital mediums and I'm going to be really good at marketing and I'm going to sell a product that everybody else is selling. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to just sell it for cheaper because all you're doing is in those environments is going into a zero game because um, the cheap, the, you'll sell it for cheaper and then the person who's all, who is the incumbent um, will go and sell it cheaper again because that person has a bigger market share, therefore can afford to sell it cheaper because they can take a lesser margin because they've got a bigger market share already. Then you got to match that price. And we saw it in the telcos many, many years ago with uh, OneTel. OneTel was a great, you wouldn't remember, but OneTel was a great brand that was um, owned by Packer and Murdoch and a guy called Jody Rich and another guy called Brad Keeling. They basically were selling um, SIM cards for mobile phones and or um uh, telephone plans and um, and but what they did is they they did it at a much lower price they had tremendous marketing because they had both Murdoch and Packer as their marketing platforms it'd be like you going into partnership with Facebook and uh, I don't know TikTok or something um, and uh, so they had great platforms to market from and they could buy marketing really cheap relative to everybody else but they could beat Telstra and Vodafone and Optus all those sort of people but they had no market share when they kicked off. So the way they thought they kick off is just sell the same product, but nothing exotic about it um, or different other than the price. And all what happened was the big guys then chased the price down. And the big guy's view was, I'll just keep chasing the price down until you can't afford to exist anymore because you're not making any money. Your margin's much lower because you've got a much smaller base of customers. And eventually um, you'll crash. And then I'll, or I'll buy you or you'll crash, one of the two, which is exactly what happened. Um, you can, but I want to ask you this, David, you can create in your messaging something exotic about your product, even though your product's not exotic. You can create something in your story. You know, in my case, I my product, my mortgage product in the wizard days was the same as the banks. 
I was slightly cheaper. But what was enabled me to get such massive growth and Aussie home loans is because we we railed against the banks. We made ourselves different in that we were saying to borrowers, we want to lend you the money. We actually want to help you out here. Yeah, I think um, you know your brand and your story is is very important, and it, it it can serve as a differentiating point. It's just it's more expensive to you know you've got different you've got emotional benefit which is branding, and then you've got rational you know features and benefits um, that that's kind of it's it, it appeals in a different sense to customers, and it's in. You know, in my space, e-commerce, it's not that hard to differentiate, you know, your product in s- just some way. You know, it's a different, you know, level of, it's a different fabric. It's a different shape. It does, adds, adds this feature for this, this certain customer demographic. It, it's, it's just about getting a little bit creative there. Um, but, you know, I totally appreciate that, that some businesses can struggle with that. I like to think of the, the cafe owner when I try to, you know, talk about um, digital marketing and and stuff. And I I think this can be relayed back to, you know, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there at the moment that are like about schnitzels and Vietnamese rolls. And basically what happens is the community just shares the largest serving or it's just the most outrageous meal. Um, You know, those kind of people can have, you know, it might be a food challenge or something. Those people can do digital marketing because, it's just a form of differentiation and it will get shared a lot and, and people come in. Are you saying that what differentiates the successful ones is, is just like largest, the largest serving? Is that what you mean by the largest serving or did you mean the largest serving of audience? I'm saying that it could serve that, that, you know, if you're competing with a commoditized product that's available down the street as well, you need to find a unique product. A large serving is a great way to do that. No, something outrageous, something shareable, something remarkable. Um, I think remarkable is a good good term for it. You know, um, alternatively, you know, weird ingredients like shock people with it. Um, something that that they want to tell their friends and family on. So, would you just take me through your product lines now, if 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 you can. So we've got the Audi, which we covered off. We've got um, the the weighted blanket. What other things are you putting through your platform? Yeah, so we've also got a dog bed brand called Pupnaps. A, a fluffy dog bed that has a raised rim to create security for for your dog, um, and it's also better for the dog's posture to have that raised rim. Um, so dogs absolutely love it; they just kind of nestle into it. In its eighth month of business, that did about a million bucks, um, and it's it's doing very very well in the pet niche. So again, like we're taking like a commoditized product as the dog bed and adding rational benefits to the product um, and actually helping them. That way that can then be communicated in social media. And if the product works, which it does, what will happen is you'll get word of mouth virality after. So a lot of people will start on Facebook and they'll get a customer acquisition cost that is profitable, but their business will fizzle out. Our businesses didn't because they were so effective at solving the problem that we were advertising for that lots of people then told them about it. So that you know, thirty dollars customer acquisition cost was actually getting one point four customers or something like that. So it would it would snowball from there. Um, you said it was it's rational. I, I get that part, but there's, it's also emotional because people love their animals. Um, they'll do anything for their animals. I mean, I was going to ask you as you were telling me about it. Do you make them for big dogs? Yes. Large dogs. Yeah. Because I got two large dogs, and I, I want to. Because uh, I, I, I'll do anything for my dogs. I'll spoil them to crazy, you know. Because uh, they've been my best mates over the, you know, the COVID period. Like literally my best mates. And uh, 
you know, and uh, and in fact, right now they're away. I shouldn't tell that anybody's fucking listening. This don't think you come rob my house because I've I've got I'm I'm well protected. Okay, even though the dogs aren't there, but um, and they're coming back today. Okay, fuck yeah, they're coming back today. But uh, I miss them so much as mental. Like I'm go- and the reason I haven't gone back is the place they go to. They go to a training place. They got they're actual proper guard dogs, and uh, they go to get guard dog training. And the guys. The business, he got COVID and he, he can't deliver the dogs back to me and I can't go and get them because he can't travel more than blah, blah to go there. I'm dying. I'm dying to get back. And I, I would love that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on straight online and I'm going to buy them because I want them to be here when they arrive back. You know, they're like children. Not that they'll go, oh, wow, Dad, thanks very much. You bought me a new dog bed. It looks really cool. Uh, welcome home. But I, but that's sort of the emotion that's in my head, you know. I mean, and for me, it's not even a price point. I'd, I'd do anything for the dogs. Anyway, move on. Come on that's, that's my rant. Let's keep going. But that's a really good one. I love that one. I love that one, the dog one. Yeah, we've got – we probably can't disclose um, too many more of the other brands. Just Come on, we want breaking news here. Come on, Davey. Come on, we want one revelation. Give me give me a hint. I might be able to guess it. I'll explain why because it is important. Um, it, it is a quite a, a low barrier to entry e-commerce um, in that, you know, you can, you can launch a brand with very little capital um, and you, know, it, you don't even need to touch the product. So – what happens with the platforms as well is as soon as competition comes in, Facebook's an auction. So it's competing against other people. So it's like brutally competitive. It's like having a shop next door, but and through algorithms. So the it's really important to get first mover advantage with, with these trends. Um, we... Uh, so yeah, and and then once you become that market leader, you know that kind of preserves your margin. But what you're talking about before, having that brand, having that story, you know, being the brand to be, having that top SEO spot, it's really important. So that's generally why we are quite secret about until we have that advantage. So that's generally a year in. I can tell you what niches they're in. You know, we've got summer kind of fun niche. Um, we've, we're in the hair niche. We've got um, a baby. We've got three brands in the baby niche as well. So we're kind of um, entering all different um, uh, big niches that we think are, are, are lucrative. Who sits down and thinks of these things? I mean, tell me how the brain's trust works. I mean, what, what's the deal? Yeah, so I've developed an internal piece of software that really helps me scrape a lot of these data points. So things like Facebook and a, a lot of other platforms. So that sources a lot of our ideas. Um, and then there's a, a whole bunch of other tools out there. We then have, you know, c- certain parameters that we're looking for, um, and what I mean by that is just basically, you know, how much engagement do they, their ads get? Um, you know, how viable is is our product iteration? How big's the problem that it's solving? Is this a flash in the pan trend, or is it going to um, go go for a while? So we kind of weigh in all of those factors. We've got head of product, a COO that that helps us there. You know, our marketing team does get involved. We test the product, as I mentioned before. We look at the data and we go, okay, let's deploy some capital into this. Um, you know, I, I would, I would love to kind of say that that process is flawless, um, but the truth is, we're still, we're still figuring it out. You know, we're having a lot of wins, a lot of losses. I believe we can kind of get it to a, a ridiculously high success rate, where you know, ninety-five percent of our projects are doing, you know, five to ten million dollars a year um, in, in um, sales. Uh, so, but, you know, it, 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 as I said, the team's still forming, we're growing rapidly. Um, so still, still trying to figure those processes out. And in terms of, uh, funding your business, I mean, uh, you, you know, these things aren't cheap to, 
trial and error and and or make mistakes on and move on but I'm entirely self-funded um, until last month. We actually took on um, a little bit of debt to purchase this business. Um, just the way the world is going, um, we thought it would be okay. You know, we um, were entirely cash flow positive pretty much from the, the day we kind of started. With our rapid growth, we created a cash flow conversion cycle where we used pre-sale and supplier terms to stay ahead of things. So basically the customers were paying bef- far before we paid our supplier. Arbitraging again. Yeah. So I, I, we, we, it, but it was not easy, right? Like it was, um, I wish I took on funding earlier and I wish I took on debt because we were, you know, the business could be 50% bigger than it currently is if I had inventory. Um, uh, so yeah, and more staff. It could be even higher than that. So I wish I took that on, but, you know, I didn't. it was one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. And I, I wasn't looking into it. I was just so focused on the business. I didn't even take it on as an option. Again, not really into risk. So um, that kind of posed a little bit of distraction and risk. So I decided against it. I, I I am looking considering any kind of capital raising at the moment um, because we can, you know, basically buy these businesses uh, and plug them into our platform and grow them rapidly. Um, you know, small things like web optimization, adding email marketing, adding Facebook marketing will make these these kind of brands that have none of that um, grow rapidly, you know, within their first two months. So there's a huge arbitrage opportunity there as well. So we're looking into that. And we didn't invent that model by any means, you know, that, that's been around forever. But there are some big e-commerce players you know, in the US that are doing it with Amazon businesses. That's not our game, but, you know, Thrasio's um, over $4 billion valuation, the fastest growing profitable unicorn. They've done a great job at um, that that multiple arbitrage as well. Where do you see your group? I mean, you're only young, but like five years from now, what are, you, what are your plans? What do you want to do? We want to have lots of household name brands. You know, the Udi is becoming it. Um, our new clothing range that we're launching soon will kind of make us feel a bit less like a, a flash in the pan trend. Um, and, you know, we, we've just invested heavily in that, that clothing range, making it the, as making it the perfect present, um, making it super, super soft and on brand. So I'm hoping that, you know, that will become a really large brand. Um, we'll look at something like wholesale and retail at that point. Then, you know, any of these kind of seeds that we've been planting can, can become the next Udi as well which we're really excited about. I think overarchingly, like I want to create a, I really want to revolutionize how e-commerce businesses are launched or even businesses and product development. You know, I think we have so much data that we can use to create new product ideas um, and then also test those product ideas to reduce waste. So we don't go into, you know, mass development for for cars and things like that, adding features that nobody actually cares that isn't profitable for the business. You know, so really looking at that and how software can help. Um, and then that will just inject products into our communities and our brands um, to, to make them grow sustainably. I quickly want to shout out for your YouTube. You've done two episodes on YouTube about digital marketing. Could you just quickly tell us what they are? Yeah, so I've done, um, I've actually done a fair few episodes now. Um, I've done two recent episodes that are, you know, we, we call it how to build a million dollar brand where, you know, it's, it's a com- complete tutorial, pretty unedited where I'm just sitting there and I'm just building 
building the website, building, finding the product, doing everything. So yeah, if you just search Davey Fogarty on, on YouTube, it, it'll pop up. But well, I'm just trying to you know, demystify the, the process and stop people paying you know, exorbitant amounts for, uh, for digital courses. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of snake oil salesmen that you know, haven't even run a big e-commerce brand and they're charging people a thousand bucks for a course. Um, you know, I'm not saying that there's no good courses out there, but I was, you know, looking at it, I was like, okay, I'm just going to give everything that they need for free. Um, so, you know, they can spend that money on inventory and ads and, and just getting started properly. So just search Dave Fogarty on YouTube. So that that's cool. That's really cool. All right, I'm gonna, we're going to close off. I normally give everyone a chance to ask me a question. So don't ask me anything about digital, but do you have a question for me about anything? What do you think the next, you know, 12 months is going to, be like in terms of inflation, business, all of those kind of things. Do you think we've got some some rough times ahead or good times still? In, in an economic sense, um, I think we probably get some spikes in inflation. But I mean, my view, current view is that um, I think we're probably about at a time where the measures of inflation need to be reviewed and we shouldn't be looking at an average inflation, which you know, um, includes over 90 different categories, um, probably you know 80 of which don't affect most people. In any one day, any one individual will probably look down the categories of inflation, which is an average, and say, look, 80 of those don't apply to me. They're not things I buy, but I'm buying the 10 things that all the time that always seem to go up in price, in which case inflation for me, that individual, is quite high, whereas another individual might say inflation for me is I don't buy those 10 things that have gone up. I'm buying the 80 things that haven't gone up and therefore inflation doesn't exist for me. So I think this whole concept of inflation needs to be revisited and I do think that our Reserve Bank, who is the the major um, user of inflation in, in terms of any relevance to Australia, it gets reduced by Australian Bureau of Statistics, but it gets used by the RBA when it comes to determining interest rates, which you know the, the implication is that interest rates will drive productivity because people borrow money and or money moves around based depending on where the, the greatest return is. So um, I think that we are getting into a period of change where the um, regulators will start to look at different formats of inflation and it's about time we start to do this because we haven't done this since 1996. We haven't looked at it. Um, I think that's that's the first thing. But I think generally speaking, you're going to see inflation spike a bit um, over the next period and people are going to get all spooked and think, oh, wow, the inflation rate's going up a bit like what's going on in America and everyone's going to start to speculate that interest rates will be increased. The only place that you need to know to look of the first Tuesday, 2.31 p.m., or the first Tuesday of every month, except for the month of January, download what the Reserve Bank says in a page and a half. And so far, yeah, it came out this Tuesday, they said we won't be incre- increasing interest rates for another four years, uh, 2024. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know, they may change that in due course, you know, but they will they will signal it big time. So if you want to know what's going to hap- happen with inflation, don't listen to anybody else except the Reserve Bank because they're the only one that matters. Then in terms of growth, I think we're going to see growth um, in every market. And what I mean by that is employment growth. Um, I see that um, Woolworths and Coles, I think it's Coles, are advertising 4,000 uh, places at the moment. They need 4,000 people to work from. Stray Post needs thousands and thousands of people to come work from. The big courier companies need thousands and thousands of people. So there's a shift in where the jobs are, but there are lots of, a lot of jobs coming through. And if you listen to what happened, if you look at what happened in the beginning of this calendar year when we first became COVID-free, et cetera, um, and unemployment actually went below what it was pre-COVID. Um, now, that doesn't mean everyone's got a job again, but, I, but what it does mean is that there are enough jobs 
for at least 5% of the population to be the only unemployed. And a lot of those are people who don't want a job anyway or who are prepared to be unemployed or unfortunately are unemployable. So I think that we're going to get good data from the various government um, outlets over the next 12 months, assuming that we, A, reopen, we stay a reopen and we don't have some sort of lockdown as a result of um, some new COVID strain, et cetera, et cetera. And to that extent, that's a bit of a lottery. Um, and But I am prepared to take the government on their word that at 80% in this environment, at 80% fully vaccinated, that we will never be closed down again. And if we look at to the other examples in the United States and the UK and other places in the world, um, their, their economies are raging, absolutely raging and uh, relative to to where we we are and one thing is I know and and I didn't know this before but I do know this now is that demand never disappears um so if I take your ability away to buy something that you want and that that demand that instinctive demand that you have doesn't disappear when I reopen it doesn't and you can't satisfy the demand in one month so that six months worth of demand that you haven't been able to access due to close downs, et cetera, lockdowns, will uh, become another six months. It doesn't sort of diminish over one month. It stays as another six months. So you will get another six months of demand if you're a supplier, if you're a business who supplies that particular demand. So all in all, subject to um, governments standing by their word, um, Davey, I think that we are in for a really super growth period. I said this um, in March this year, calendar year, I said we are in for a 21 and 20 year event. Um, that is, um, you only see these events every 20 years. And the one in 20 year event occurred 20 years ago. I remember it well. It was a result of global liquidity. There was a massive global liquidity in the world. Um, there was a lot of money slushing around the place for a whole lot of different reasons to now. I think, uh, you know, in the next month, month or so, a couple of months, we're going, to lot, we're going to have global liquidity again like we've never seen before. We've got consumers who have got net savings massive in this country, massive net savings accumulated, and, you know, the ABS has already brought that, put those statistics out. And then the governments have been throwing massive amounts of money into the economy. And it, maybe you didn't get the money. Maybe you didn't get access to JobKeeper. Maybe you didn't get access to the grants. Maybe you didn't get access to anything. But nonetheless, the government's throwing that money into the economy, massive amounts of money. So there's liquidity slushing around the system and eventually finds it way, its way into everybody's prosperity. So my gut feel is um, we'll have a slow start once the reopening starts, um, just people being cautious but it'll build up nice and sustainably and we will have we will have that one in 20 year event that I was talking about in March this year I I expect it I expect it in the real estate areas I, I expect it to happen everywhere even if the government comes and says I'm going to we're going to start to limit how much lenders can lend to borrowers to buy property it won't make any difference we're still going to see a, a boom in probably most areas so it's a good time I think it's a good time invest to invest in your business, whether it's digital businesses, whether it's to invest in making my business better at digital digitization. Um, it's a good time to invest. Awesome. Nice to meet you, Davey. It's, you're doing a great job and I appreciate and I, I think consumers appreciate when someone like you gets on YouTube and um, shares or pays forward what it is that you've learned. And uh, mostly it's older people like me tend to do it because we you know, a whole lot of reasons we do it. But it's great when I see people in your age bracket 
doing that. It's That's real generosity. So we appreciate that. No, I appreciate it, Mark. Just trying to pay it forward. Cool. That's really cool. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to The Mentor. Audio and production is by Jess Morley. And production assistants, Jonathan Leondis. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.